0: Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well Podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans.
1: Welcome and thank you for joining us for reopening your practice post-COVID-19. I'm Cheryl Kroviak, manager of TMA's Education Center. We have a few things to cover before we get started. In accordance with CME requirements, please note the content of this material does not relate to any product of a commercial interest. Therefore, there are no relevant financial relationships to disclose. Next, please understand that TMA provides this information as general information. This is not a substitute for the advice of a a healthcare attorney. As practices prepare to open their doors and start seeing patients again, many are asking, how is this going to work? And what do I need to do to protect my staff and my patients? We hope today's program provides some guidance and answers to your questions. Our speaker today is Heather Bedridge, the associate vice president of practice management services at the Texas Medical Association. Heather has 20 plus years of diverse healthcare experience in practice operations, policy and procedure development, financial analysis, human resource management, clinical documentation improvement auditing activities, and new practice setups. Welcome, Heather. Thank you, Cheryl. Hi, I'm Heather Betridge.
0: Today, I will be sharing tips and best practices to help you resume practice operations in a safe and cautious manner, to help reopen those doors post-COVID-19 in a way that is phased, manageable, and less chaotic. Today, I will be talking about how your practice may have adjusted to the COVID-19 downturn, reviewing the steps you may have already undertaken or that you may still need to do. And we'll talk about things you might consider doing as you make initial steps towards reopening your practice. Your takeaways from today include being able to identify the changes a practice can make to help ensure financial and operational viability to determine what needs to be done to prepare for a post-COVID-19 surge of patients and to evaluate a practice's processes and workflow to accommodate its new normal. And making that initial transition as you slowly start opening your doors and then actually reopening your practice and acclimating to what might be your new normal And you'll see how these steps all lead into one another or piece together like a puzzle. And then we'll end with a few tips for success. So let's start with a quick glimpse at the current state of medical practices. Like many states, at the end of March, Governor Abbott issued a shelter-in-place order for Texas to help limit the transmission and impact of COVID-19 and while this has helped with preventing surges that would most certainly overwhelm hospitals it's also resulted in many practices particularly solo and small group practices becoming either temporarily partially or completely shut down the shelter in place order coupled with general uncertainties and patient fear has led to considerable decreases and the number of patient encounters and massive decreases in revenue. In fact, during the Texas Medical Association's COVID-19 Telephone Town Hall meeting in mid-April, 36% of poll respondents indicated that they have lost between half and three quarters of their revenue since the start of this pandemic. Another 24% have lost three quarters to all of their revenue. So reopening practices will not be an easy, straightforward process, because for most practices, if not all practices, it won't just simply be returning to the office and picking up where they left off. But approaching it with a phased plan combined with increased awareness, communication, and safety precautions, it can be done with minimal stress and without too many challenges. So let's start with the adjustment period. This is the time when COVID-19 really made an appearance and started affecting practices. And as many of you have, may have already gone through these steps, either all or just some or just a few, depending on your particular situation, but let, let's run through these initial considerations that should be done early in the process. And the first is determine your need for financial assistance. And that may include loans, grants, or lines of credit, and then to apply for those. But be aware that as we have already seen, loan funds are limited and usage is restricted. Ask for a 90-day deferral, um, and that could be on rent or mortgage payments and any loans, both for your practice and personally. And evaluate your staffing levels and needs. Make necessary decisions like, is your practice already overstaffed? Do you need or are you financially able to continue employing a full staff? Should you furlough or terminate? And can certain staff work remotely? Definitely talk to your CPA to see how these decisions may affect any loan forgiveness, too. This is one of the hardest decisions that you'll have to make. Talk to your CPA also about available tax credits and how the programs may affect your situation and your practice. Cancel any auto shipments for supplies to allow you to pay for supplies at your discretion and then review the need for any non-essential services like appointment reminders, Um, tablets for electronic check-in, laundry services, or biohazard pickup, any service that, while a great convenience and it's needed, you may not be utilizing while you're operating um, with a less full appointment schedule. Also, review contracts and negotiate terms for lower payments um, or term extensions or terminations, And this may be for things for leases like specialty equipment or electronic health record software. Review insurance policies for business interruption coverage. Ask your attorney to review your policy specifically for verbiage that may include events like COVID-19. And then take a deep dive into operating expenses and determine what's absolutely necessary and what may not be. Compare your spending ratios to specialty benchmarks. Are you spending more in certain areas than other practices? For example, rent. If you find that your lease payment is higher than the market benchmark and your lease is coming up for renewal, start working on negotiating your lease to try to get that payment down. There are commercial realtor firms who can help you with this, and landlords have felt a pinch during this pandemic too, and it's in their best interest to keep tenants who bring in um, steady dollars long term. Explore telemedicine options for your practice, your specialty, and your patient populations. Determine and investigate different vendors and platforms, as there's many out there, and. You know, what technology would you need, like a camera or a microphone, an extra monitor? And then decide what types of services are an option for your practice, whether it be, you know, quick check-ins, audio-only or telephone visits, um, or audio-video visits. Research provider enrollment requirements, too, with payers and how they'll reimburse for these different types of services because it will vary from payer to payer. You might even consider a direct-to-consumer telemedicine platform to augment your revenue. TMA does have a web page dedicated to telemedicine that can help walk you through some of these decisions. For those patients needing or asking to come into the office, screen them before entering the practice doors. Ask them about symptoms or recent travel or any sickness in the home um, or their exposure to confirmed COVID-19 cases. The CDC offers specific guidance uh, about the questions that should be asked. And as you cancel or reschedule appointments, be sure to track them. Know who may be more vulnerable um, and where patients are in their treatments so that when you do start to transition to fully opening your doors and rescheduling them again, you'll have a working list to start from. Have billing staff focus on old accounts receivable. And what I mean by that is not necessarily calling and making collection calls and asking for money, but determine if the balances are correct. Does the patient really owe the money? And then, which patients can you contact to put on payment schedules um, to make regular monthly payments? Sort your aged AR report by payer and contact those from whom you are still awaiting payment. Have you received a claim or should you resubmit or file an appeal? And look at your small balance write-off policy in your Policies and Procedures Manual. See if any accounts should be written off in accordance to that policy. Assess your personal protective equipment inventory, your needs and access to all of those supplies. It is likely that your vendor is out um, or back-ordered, so contact your local county medical society for assistance. Okay, so this listing may not be all-inclusive for your practice's needs, but if you haven't started these things, I highly encourage you to start, and that time is now. So the next phase is preparation, preparing for the transition of opening your practice again. Things you might consider are maybe keeping sick and well patients separated as much as possible. Consider scheduling well visits in the morning and sick visits in the afternoon or vice versa. And designate sick and well areas in your waiting room or for your entrance and exit or designate a specific exam room for respiratory illnesses. Ask patients to call the office when they arrive for their appointments, and this will allow them to stay in their vehicle until staff can escort them or call them back when it's their turn to be seen. And provide face masks or ask patients to wear their own, and this goes for staff too. Consider performing temperature checks as patients enter the office and have a plan in place. So what if the patient does have a fever? What's your procedure going to be? Limit the number of people that enter the practice. Now we understand that a minor will have to have a decision-maker with them. And sometimes older patients may need a caregiver with them. And other situations call for visitors to be in attendance. But it is acceptable to ask that maybe siblings stay home with an adult or in another appropriate accommodation. Ask that only one person accompany those needing oversight or assistance and strongly encourage them to wait outside the exam room if aerosols will be generated during the appointment. Consider telemedicine visits um, whenever appointment and be sure to educate your patients on these visits if they've never had a telemedicine appointment before. So give them appropriate instructions so that they know how to make the most of their appointment. TMA has all kinds of resources for practices and patients on its telemedicine webpage. So be sure to, re- to, to utilize those and customize them to your practice. There's also um, operating telemedicine policies and procedures for your use as well. Um, take a look at your patient areas. Which areas are wide open, like check-in or check-out, your nurse's station, um, or a billing staff member's desk who meets um, with patients to make financial arrangements? Maybe have um, a sneeze guard or a plexiglass barrier um, to stand temporarily to help provide an extra layer of protection. And make sure those services are regularly cleaned and disinfected. Also, make sure that um, tissues and hand sanitizer are available throughout the practice and post signs encouraging patients to use them. Consider decluttering uh, patient areas. Get rid of magazines, particularly the old ones um, that are out of date and no one wants to read. And maybe um, stacks of paint- pamphlets. If you have a children's play area with activity stations and toys disinfect them, or maybe even consider completely removing them. Look at anything and everything. Decide, is this something that sick patients may touch and pass along any germs? Based on risk posed by the patient care being provided, staff might uh, consider changing their clothing when they leave the office. Also, investigate new technologies that may make communication uh, easier and faster, like um, hipaa secure two-way texting options, um, or maybe research a paging system to see if that would be a solution for your practice. You know, the ones like restaurants use to call you in from the patio when your table's ready. When putting this presentation together, I did find several options online with good reviews, in about the $200 range. Both of these options will help create a virtual waiting room while patients wait somewhere other than in the practice. And continually visit payer websites to stay abreast of changes um, they may have for coding and billing. As we have seen, um, payers have issued waivers during the COVID-19 pandemic almost daily. And it is unknown if or when things will revert back to previous requirements, or if the changes um, if the changes made for the interim will carry forward and continue on. So it's important to stay on top of the payers what what Whatever you consider and decide to do during the preparation phase, make sure that before you actually make the transition toward reopening, that you update your policies and and procedures manual with any changes or with new processes or procedures, and make sure staff know about the changes and are appropriately trained on them. So that staff can reference the manual whenever they need, it's a good idea to have the manual electronically on a shared drive on the server or network. But also revisit your existing policies and procedures. There may be some that you might revisit, like maybe your cancellation policy. If your policy is that you require patients to provide 24 hours notice prior to canceling an appointment to avoid being charged, are you going to continue to do this as you reopen your practice? So think about things like that. If patients cancel within that 24-hour window, they may just not be ready or comfortable to come in and change their mind at the last minute. You know, this has been a challenging time for everyone, not just you or me, right? Their hours may have been cut at work. They may have been laid off they may be having financial difficulties, or they um, maybe lost their insurance benefits. So give some review to your existing policies. From the canceled appointment list you started making during the adjustment phase, make sure patients are prioritized according to need. Start calling patients and rescheduling appointments while you also check on the patient's health status. And then start working down your recall system and broken or missing appointment lists. Take a look at your scheduling template. You might consider lengthening appointment times for different types of appointments. So if your current block for an established patient follow-up is 10 minutes, you might extend it by five minutes to make that block a total of 15 minutes. And this will allow time to be built in for catch-up conversation and help keep you on schedule throughout the day. You can also stagger and overlap appointment times by five minutes. So, for example, while you're uh, wrapping up in exam room one, your clinical assistant is working up the next patient in exam room two. So, as soon as you're finished, you can walk right in. But be sure to pay attention to your indicators in your EMR if you utilize that function to track patients throughout the office. Other options may be building in a five-minute gap between appointments to allow um, time to document the encounter or just to take a break. As the ban on essential procedures and surgeries continues to lift, initiate surgery and procedure pre-authorization and pre-certification processes as appropriate. But pay attention, are payers' requirements different than before? So, when making this decision, consider is the procedure urgent or non urgent or elective? Is it high or low risk? Is there a positive or negative COVID 19 symptom in um, contact screening? And if positive, will the practice delay the procedure and continue to monitor? So decide what your practice is going to do. Be sure to send pre-visit instructions and let patients know what to expect as things may be different than before. Maintain a copy of your appointment schedule to assist with contact tracing efforts. If you are working um, out of an electronic system, the electronic schedule is sufficient. That's fine. Just make sure that completed appointments visibly remain on the schedule and broken appointments are removed. Reactivate any automated messaging that your practice may have had, like your um, auto-Annie on your telephone system, um, individual voicemail box messages, email um, auto-replies, and software for text messaging or appointment reminders or marketing communications. Reassess your uh, resource inventory How much have you used since the start of the pandemic And what do you anticipate needing moving forward Have vendors replenish their supply, their inventory Or what is your current access to PPE um, Even disposable supplies, disinfectants, equipment, and medicines? Talk to your staff be open about what has happened and what to expect. Things may seem busy and chaotic at first, but you'll work through this together. Explain things like missing staff members, um, new processes and technology, and things that just may not be like before. You know, This may be your new normal. Recorded video of your practice, and um, showing all of the precautions that you have undertaken for your patients and staff safety, um, record staff wearing masks and gloves or in full PPE gear, show them disinfecting door handles and light switches and work surfaces, and then upload the video um, to your website and make it front and center on that homepage and appear in some fashion on all of your other pages so it's not missed and then share it across other social media platforms like Facebook. Get the word out. Send updates um, or newsletters on a more frequent basis. Let patients know what your new procedures are, like what constitutes an emergency, and then send them every two to three weeks as COVID-19 is still fairly new and as changes occur and occur fast. So, rather than sending to your entire patient population, create groups like um, a patient group for high-risk patients or those needing procedures or those who have had a delay with their procedures. And then as things begin ramping up again, scale those communications back to your normal intervals. As you start to open your doors again, you may find that you might need to adjust or extend your hours to accommodate the influx of appointment requests. Maybe add early morning hours for elderly or high-risk patients. Um, If you close from, say, noon to 1.30 for lunch, maybe only take a 30-minute lunch and add in five or six telemedicine encounters or extend patient hours later to into the uh, afternoon or evening. And then the time comes to reopen your practice. Let your patients know. Tell them if you are um, reopening fully or just partially. Are you adding days or hours or um, revising your normal days or hours? Advise them on how they should get their appointments back on the schedule and put this information everywhere. Um, a targeted email on social media, your website, everywhere. Make sure that your practice information um, also is correct and up-to-date, not just for your website, but also in your profile with payers. And check review sites like Yelp. Um, vitals.com, Google Plus Business, healthgrades.com, and so on. And remember, even if you did not create a profile on those review sites, some are made without your knowledge and permission. So check them, not just for your name, but also for the practice name and then claim them because once you claim them, you can make the appropriate updates. While you make the video I talked about a few minutes ago, Now tell them in person. As you or your staff walk them through the practice, point certain things out, like signs and posters. Um, If you have a sanitation um, hand station, um, patients may still be nervous. So point out that plexiglass or sneeze barriers. Point out the your, your, what, everything that you've been doing is, is to calm their nerves and ensure their safety and the staff's safety. Make them feel as comfortable as possible. So perform a show and tell. On TMA's coronavirus webpage, there are all kinds of resources and FAQs available that you can access and then use those as talking points. Really rekindle your relationship with patients. If you have been conducting telemedicine visits, they may be craving that human factor. So show your excitement um, with an increased energy level. Make and maintain eye contact and ask them how they're faring, not just how they're feeling. Really talk to them and ask what you can do for them. But don't do all the talking. Let them ask you questions. Tell them that they were missed. We're so glad you're here. And remember to smile. Smile through the stress. Pay attention to behavioral health issues, too. Patients have been dealing with a um, prolonged time of uncertainty, maybe financial strain and social isolation. So when talking to patients, take the opportunity to screen them for symptoms like um, sleep disturbance, sudden changes in uh, appetite or weight head, stomach, muscle aches, or chest tightness, or shortness of breath. And then continue to track pay our changes closely as things will continue to change and determine if and or how telemedicine will exist in your practice post-COVID-19. Initially, you may have implemented telemedicine really quickly. Did you like it? Does it work for you? And does it work for your patients? What's their response? Optimize technology in the practice by utilizing automated modules for um, allowing online bill pay and um, intaking form completion. Um, Maybe accepting online appointment scheduling and activating the patient portal. I mean, let's face it, phone calls just take longer, so automate as much as you can. Be sure to collect time of service payments and past due balances. Manage those claim rejections as they come in and ensure correct coding and that all charges are captured so you're not missing any revenue opportunities. And then promptly close um, encounter notes. Because staff can't submit encounter claims that have not been verified, authenticated, and closed. So, for a few tips for success during difficult times like COVID 19, never procrastinate. Now is the time to be thinking about not just getting back on your feet, but about the future. It's time to rethink processes and efficiencies. Workflow tools that you're using and changes that have been made. And that includes changes that you've always thought about making, but just never did. Or maybe investing in new technology. Thinking about how to best set yourself up for success for the future and really being ready to go when that time comes post-COVID-19. So the people in businesses who tend to be successful are those that act early before things become problematic. They develop a plan and have in place um, a plan in place to help guide them as they work and keep them on track. They find that balance between just treading water or surviving the interim and thinking long term. And they do this by really evaluating their challenges and needs, um, refining internal processes and workflow, and then taking a leap into the things that they've been thinking about. Maximize the most of your downtime by um, completing required staff trainings like um, HIPAA or OSHA. Contact your EMR vendor um, and use those unused training hours for staff. Or maybe perform your HIPAA risk assessment or get caught up on CME. Enhance your uh, online presence by becoming familiar with new social media outlets or maximizing your exposure. Or maybe start a blog and then add entries to your practice website or Facebook page. But be sure to be fluid. For example, if you find that maintaining social distancing is becoming more and more challenging, It might be time to uh, physically remove chairs from the waiting room or exam room, Um, or maybe it's time to put tape on the floor at check-in and check-out areas to indicate um, appropriate waiting distances. But maximize and optimize everything that you've been doing. I mean, why jump through all these hoops and overcome hurdles for just the past, you know, 8 to 12 weeks? Make them count and make them last. And honestly, once you implement certain conveniences for patients like telemedicine, um, online scheduling, text communication or any of the other things I've mentioned today, they're going to want them moving forward. So stay open minded about new technologies and tools, and then deliberately work on building and strengthening your online reviews. Ask your patients to share their experience or incentivize staff to ask patients to submit a review. You can um, also simply post a sign in the office with the ask or send a post-encounter email and request that they submit a review. Patients want um, to help and share their stories, so tell them how they can. Reopening practices after a prolonged, um, partial or full shutdown will not be an easy um, or fast process, but tackling it with a phased yet fluid approach as shared in today's presentation will help you get back on your feet and caring for patients. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.
1: Thank you for speaking with us today, Heather, and for providing those helpful and practical uh, considerations that practices should be making as they prepare to reopen and start seeing patients again. For listeners that plan to claim CME credit, go to www.texmed.org forward slash C-M-E-T-O-G-O. That's www.texmed.org forward slash CME to go. Complete the required components and you'll be able to download your transcript. We look forward to having you back again soon for our next podcast.